piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Juan, and I'm joined by the cast, the crew, the guys, the the the, the, the cinema chatters, the cinnamon, the seamen. Zach? Mm. I'm not following that up, but hello, everybody. <laughs> Craig? Yo, yo. Another, another Wednesday, another new episode. Um, I'm excited. Uh, a new movie we're talking about today. We're, we're getting ready to dig into John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, we talked to all the other John Wicks, so why not tackle the brand new one that just came out uh, on physical media a few weeks ago? Um, we also we got a stacked show, guys. We're talking recent watches coming up a little bit later on. We got a brand new top five. Um, and then we're going to dig into the email bag. And uh, we're going to have a great conversation about John Wick, Keanu Reeves, and everything. Get to it. But if you did not join us for last week's episode, hit us up on the social media and wherever you listen to podcasts at. Listen to last week's episode. It was almost a state of the franchise episode. We reviewed Wally. We We dug in and talked about where this podcast might be going in the future. Um, we're not going anywhere, but things might look a little different, you know, maybe at the beginning of 2024. Craig, you weren't here last week. We talked about how maybe, you know, life is life. Life pounds us down. Trees fall on us. Uh, we have knee surgeries. We have to work overnight. Uh, things just are crazy right now. So last week we talked about maybe, maybe at the beginning of the calendar year next year, doing maybe like two episodes a month. You know, maybe an every other week thing. Who knows? Yeah. Um, or like a rotation going on. You know. Um, you know, maybe I'll do every week and then I can have somebody different join me every every week, you know. Um, but that's 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 later on. That's in the future. Right now we're talking John Wick. If you want to listen to our review on Wally, um, check out the social media, Facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Um, hit us up on the Twitter, whether it's dying or not, Twitter slash uh, Cinnamon405. Um and then you can email us at cinemen921 at gmail.com. Uh, and let's dig into what we're going to talk about. Uh, we do have some pretty fun in, uh, emails about Wally from last week, though. There's some people that think we're a little too harsh on Wally, Zach. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but let's well, dig I mean, into it. Out of the three of us, I was the highest one. So, Craig, Craig, obviously you weren't here last week. Uh, what, what do you think about Wally? Uh, we're talking about the movie, not the rapper. <clears throat> Oh, that's Wale. Uh, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Uh, I'm cultured. Um, there's good parts in Wally. Um, My argument last week, it, it just wasn't memorable like Toy Story or any of the other Pixar movies. Yeah. I, I think the whole premise of it is just a little too political for it to be yeah. uh, to enjoy as an adult. Um I mean, I, I understand how they're like, oh, we need to save the planet, but um, the same people who are pushing to save the planet are the ones who drive private jets who do more carbon emissions than all three of us combined in about 10 years. So, 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that's, that's, I think that was one of Zach's and Ed's biggest complaints last week. I think mine too, you know. Um, but if you want to listen to those opinions, go back and listen to last week's episode wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, social media, like we said, you can you can hit us up on the social media. And then where to listen to podcasts, wherever you listen to your regular podcast, you can find us there as well. Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and uh, others. But let's get into some recent watches. We didn't talk recent watches in a few weeks. Um, Craig, you want to start us off? Do you have anything that you want to kind of talk about or maybe recommend? I have not really watched anything. If it's not me going to the theater, <clears throat> TV just hasn't really been my thing. You see anything really on the, the movies. Uh, the Beasts, Transformers? Yeah, I went and saw the Transformers movie. Uh, it was all right. Um, it had its moments. Um, the CGI was good at some points. I feel like when it got to... Um, be super close up is when I had the issues. And then, um, spoiler alert, the, the ending scene with the, the main character, the guy. Uh, like, what are we doing here? I, I heard it had something. And, and again, spoiler. So if you want to go see, you know, Transformers, go see it. Um, but I heard it doesn't ruin the movie or anything. I heard there was like a G.I. Joe spoiler. It's setting up this whole like universe crossover thing. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> This guy hands him a G.I. Joe card because he, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear what I'm about to say, pause it for like a minute and I'll, you can resume. Uh, real quick, <clears throat> dudes, Bumblebee gets shot down. Bumblebee gives him this, he like throws a suit on him and he pretty much becomes like Mega Man. <laughs> and it looks like complete trash CGI. And he's just sitting there in this like robot jumpsuit and pretty yeah. much defeats the decepticon by himself yep man and then he goes and he's like trying to find a job and the dude's like welcome to gi joe if you ever want to join us give me a call and hands him a card and i'm like bro this shit is trash and then it's like see you in three years basically <laughs> couldn't, couldn't even get a channing tatum cameo no man other than a uh, fantastic beast what else did you check out or beast formers <laughs> um <laughs> That's really it. Uh, I still That's haven't it. seen The Flash. Uh, That's two of us. Spider-Man was great. Um, and then I have tickets for Mission Impossible next Monday and Oppenheimer the week after that. <laughs> um, mine, mine's kind of... I finished up, you know... Uh, I, I, I rewatched Star Trek Brainchild of an episode coming up in a few weeks. Yesterday was the 4th of July... Uh, I had to watch I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, That's not where I was expecting you to go. Yeah. I was I like, Independence Day. Day. <laughs> um, and I got to talk to somebody. Craig, I know you're not a big Big Bang fan. Um, it's trash. I finished the series. All these years, I've always been a big fan, but I've only seen up to season eight. Well, the last few weeks, I just binged watch all 12 seasons. I finished season 12 the other day, Zach. You finished it, correct? Yeah. I, I have started. To, I have to say, I love the way the emotional ending was, but it kind mm -hmm. of felt a little empty with the series finale. Do you remember the series finale? And if so, what were your thoughts on it? 
doesn't in the series finale doesn't like Sheldon get like his Nobel Pri- Nobel Peace Prize so, Nobel Prize or something like so that? Sheldon gets the Nobel Prize. Um, everybody is like wanting to leave and not be his friend anymore because of the way he was treating them up into the final episode. But like he, you know, Penny tells him the only change that's going to be for sure is is change. You have to be open to change. So mm-hmm. he thinks and lo- tells everybody he loves them. Um, and then at the very end, when they're playing the acoustic version of the theme song, you notice that he's not sitting in his spot. You know, he's somewhere else on the couch and somebody else is in his spot. So it's kind of an adorable, lovable ending, but I kind of still feel a little empty. Like, it didn't feel like that was the it. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen the finale since it aired back in 2019, I think. But I remember liking it. I remember it was like a... I like what you're saying. Like the final scene is, is them on the couch just eating. Like it's always been for the last like 12 seasons. Um, I like that aspect of it. Um, I didn't. I didn't think it was empty. I thought it had a, go- a lot of emotion to it. Um, I might rewatch it and get back to you next week and kind of just get my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Even just on that last episode, um, I watched The Covenant, directed by one. I, uh, I want to see that. That looks pretty by good. By one. Directed by one guy, Richie. Um, fantastic film. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I checked out The Woman King. I paid for it, but it's also available on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. I recommend it, honestly. I thought it was a pretty good watch. Um, and then, obviously, a few weeks ago, I think I talked about The Way of the Water, Trash, and Mafia Mama. <laughs> Mafia Mama yeah. was complete trash as well. Um, yeah, Zach, what about, what about you? What do you, do you check anything out you want to recommend? Yeah, I, I got a laundry list, so just bear with me. Uh, the Stanley documentary on uh, Disney Plus, I thought was pretty good. Um, Extraction 2 on Netflix, I thought was way, way better than the first one that came out, whatever, I think during the pandemic. I did an Indiana Jones uh, rewatch, watched all the movies before going to see Dial of Destiny. And Johnny, you'll be proud. I actually have a much more appreciation for Indiana Jones uh, since rewatching them. So I, I, I'm, I'm on the. Okay, this is not so terrible. So, what this think new about one, Destiny? I, I'll just say it's missing the Spielberg touch. And when you watch it, you'll you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about. Spielberg didn't direct this one. No, it's then James Mangold. I know. And it just it just felt it was it was one is too damn long. It's like two hours and forty five minutes. It's like no, oh my god, that is not that does not need to be that long <clears> in a movie. But on the other other side of the coin, uh, Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson movie, I thought was really good. No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence, I thought was excellent. And yesterday for July 4th, we went and saw um, this movie called Sound of Freedom. It's about, it's like one of those like church movies, uh, but it was very well done. It's one of the, probably one of the better movies I've seen this year. Um, It's basically about someone trying to stop uh, child sex trafficking. Very, very powerful film. It's a real real based on real events about a guy who has his team that goes out yeah. and saves children from child sex trafficking. Yep. So I'm really I'm not I'm, I'm 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 really not trying to do it as a joke but Jesus saves kids. I mean because it's just the actor who played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ. So I you know as as you uh as I was pulling up social media that pit, that poster uh from that movie actually popped up. So uh yeah got a got a lot of good reviews. Um if there's anything you could recommend anybody um, um also, if somebody wants to go see Sound of Freedom, I think there's a website called soundoffreedom.com. Yeah. They, and you, people are donating tickets. You can go and request tickets and you can yeah. get free tickets for it. So, 
definitely go support the movie. I mean, we we are lucky we even saw it. Every damn show and yesterday was sold out. We went like at nine o'clock in the morning at Harkins. Wow. It was almost sold out. So yeah, it's a big definitely go behind it. Yeah, definitely go check it out. It's real well worth your money. <clears throat> and after a few weeks of absence, not only do we have a top five this week, but guys, we have a top five the next three weeks in a row. So let's oh, kick, by let's, God. Let's kick this one off right. This week we are talking the top five movies of 2023 so far. And uh, we'll get into our honorable mentions right after this. guys top five movies of 2023 so far i'm gonna rapid fire through my honorable mentions knock at the cabin guardians of the galaxy volume three pope's exorcist and <coughs> scream six mm. anybody else have any honorable mentions yeah uh i'm gonna do extraction two on netflix uh just Previously talked about Sound of Freedom and my official honorable mention, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Nice. Uh, I'll jump into my number five right off the bat. Um, it's going to be the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, I think as an animated film, this hits on all cylinders. It has an aspect of real life. It places your movie characters exactly where you probably want them to be. And it does everything in an hour and 28 minutes. It's funny, action-packed, it's memorable, and it leaves you wanting more. And uh, and it was a great story. So uh, number five for me is going to be the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, Zach, what about you? What's number five? And add, and to add on to that great voice cast, I thought everyone everyone I thought was casted well in their roles. Uh, um, what? Mario left something to be desired. It was it was okay. Uh, uh, Chris I think, Pratt thing, I think yeah. I think Donkey Kong and Bowser were a lot better than I I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I thought Jack Black really stole the show yeah. for sure. Uh, my number five is going to be uh, Creed Three. Uh, came out early March. Uh, all three of the well, me, Craig, and Ed were really high on it uh, when we got out of the theater. Uh, I thought it was a great transit, great transition from. The mentor of uh, Rocky to Adonis Creed to Creed doing his own thing. The addition of Jonathan Majors was was awesome, and I really thought, I really thought it was a good ending to that character. But I'm I'm pretty sure I think there's a Creed four that's going to happen. But I thought Michael B. Jordan was awesome as the director. I thought he really <coughs> understood the character and where he where it was supposed to go. So uh, well well worth mentioning for a top five Creed three. Uh, Craig, number five for you. Yeah, my number five. Um, I'm gonna split. I got a five A, five B. Uh, Transformers and uh, Scream Six. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I haven't seen many this year, many movies this year. Um, both of them were were good. Um, I feel like Transformers kind of let me down at the end, even though I had fun watching it and it was enjoyable. Uh, and then Scream 6 was a pleasant surprise that I honestly 
didn't see coming in my watches this year. So that's my number five. Number four for me, Zach, you just mentioned it. You touched on it. Creed 3 is my number four. Um, solid, solid film. And you know what? By all means, all these movies I'm talking about, none of them are 10s for me. So far, there have been no 10s this year for me out of going to the movie theaters. Um, I hope that changes with Mission Impossible so far. Um, but so far, none of them are 10s. Um, number four is Creed 3. Uh, for everything you hit on Zach, uh, the story between the two just felt rushed. Um, I kind of wish there was a little bit more meat and potatoes between the two main characters, but it is what it is. Um, so never say never in the Rocky franchise. So number four for me is Creed three. Uh, Zach, number four for you. Uh, number four, uh, still in theaters right now. Had in my uh, recent watches is No Hard Feelings. Uh, starring one Miss Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, really, really enjoyed this. Um, I, I'm. It, when I walked out of it, I really thought, wow, we hadn't had like a raunchy sex comedy in quite some time and actually one that was done good. Um, and it was really nice to see that, wow, those movies can still be made. I know uh, Joyride uh, comes out this week and I've heard really good things about that one as well. Um, Jennifer Lawrence was awesome. I really didn't know that she could do comedic a comedic performance like that. And even her co-star, Andrew Barth Feldman, uh, they both had really good chemistry. And I thought the story, the story is a little predictable, um, just given what the movie's about. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well worth the money. And uh, Let me maybe guess, one day we'll talk love? about it. No, they do not fall in love, actually. So not that predictable then, Zach. <laughs> well, when you watch it, when you watch it, you'll see. So uh, that's my number four. <clears throat> Craig? Uh, number four for me, following up with Johnny, uh, Creed Three. Like you guys said, the cast was there, the score was there, the music was there. Um, a lot of the scenes were there. Um, some of the the ideas and uh, thoughts behind what Michael B. Jordan decided to put on screen. Um, but like you said, it was just the the story kind of felt rushed. It felt um, like they didn't really put it all together as well as it could have been. Um, so that's uh, my number four. Number three for me, which might come to some shock to people, but I had a hell of a good time watching this movie. It was memorable, action, comedy, gore. Number three for me is Cocaine Bear. Um, I I absolutely loved it. You know, um, the cast was funny. Uh, the guy who plays Solo is is one of the main characters in the movie. He's a funny, funny cat. Um, you also get the last performance from Ray Liotta in the movie, um, and it's based off of a true, fun story. So. Uh, and it, it was quick. It was in and it was out. Your fast hour and 40 minutes. Um, and like I said, it was memorable. And it was a good time watching it. So it's on Peacock. So go check it out. Uh, number three for me is Cocaine Bear. Zach, number three for you? Uh, number three, um, still movie, still in the, still in the theaters right now. Uh, <clears throat> um, I wasn't on the episode with you guys. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Fantastic movie. Blue, I think it was... 10 times the movie the second one was i'm i kind of fall in between the middle between you guys i think johnny gave it a craig you gave it a 10 <clears throat> i'm giving it a nine i thought the uh animation was tint like beautiful like very pastel colors just in each um multiverse had its own kind of coloration and animation to it which i, which I thought was brilliantly well done the voice cast was great especially Haley steinfeld i thought she really delivered the emotion in this movie with gwen and 
it really when the movie ended i was like damn it i gotta wait nine months for the finale of this i mean it was really i i thought it was a good it's cliffhanger it's for the been film. pushed out uh, from what i heard yeah is it not coming out in march anymore no i heard because of the screenwriters thing that's getting blocked out some more oh, lovely it's not even in that's production. Great. Well, that's my number four. That's my number three for right now across the Spider-Verse. So. My number three. Five, four. My number three is John Wick 4. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more during today's episode. I just. It gives you the same thing it gives you in the other three. So. We'll get in. We'll get into it. Number uh, two for me is is this tie. Um, honestly, one B is going to be Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, and my true number two is going to be Tetris. Um, uh, fun film, Apple TV Plus. I wish it was a digital. I wish it was a physical copy, because uh, a not only does it make you want to go download Tetris and play for hours, but uh, it's it's a based on a true story. Great, great acting, great story. Um, is it a, a Taron Egerton knocks it out of the park? And so far, out of this uh, six-month reign, he's my favorite actor as far as uh, roles that he, I've seen this year so far. So, uh, number two for me is Tetris. Zach, number two for you. Uh, number two, a little independent film that came out the same day as John Wick Chapter Four and was in the theater for maybe two weeks and then got pushed out. Uh, a good person with Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. Love this movie. Um, it follows Allison, whose life falls apart of following her involvement in a fatal accident. I know we're trying to get, we're trying to review movies that are out and streaming and whatever people can go to Redbox. I think we should review this maybe one day in the future. I think it's a really well done movie. I, I would like to get your guys' perspective on it. So Is it physical media or where can you stream it? <clears throat> you, uh, you, I think you can stream it like Amazon Prime. Like you, you can use like, Five ninety nine on iTunes, and I you know you me, can, you, you know I'm gonna buy it. I, you can get it on Amazon. You can buy the Blu-ray there, so and it has a digital copy if you want to put it on Vudu. I, I just, I just think it's a a really well directed, well acted, um, moral story about just having to put your <clears throat> life back together. And I thought, yeah, I, like I like to review it one day. So yeah, Craig, number two for you. Uh, I just want to say I forgot about Tetris, dude. Like. How fun! How, how I forgot about it, I don't know, but honestly, it, it probably goes in that three spot and pushes everything back one. I because yeah. I remember when I watched it, I texted you guys and I was yeah. like, "Tetris is legit." It's you're it's the you're legit. the one who yeah you're the one who got me onto watching it. So I watched that weekend. I was blown away by it. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll put that in there. Transformers and Scream Six out. Is that your number? <laughs> two? Is that your number two then? Is a uh, Tetris? No, it's going to be my number three. Um, we're on two right now. I know. I, I'm just telling you, everything else is being pushed back. Oh, so my, my number two, my number two is going to be um, Mario. Mario. I, I, I had fun watching Mario. Um, took Adley to see it. She was dressed up as Mario, so it made it all more enjoyable. We've seen it multiple times since it's hit the uh, streaming services. So I, I, I really thought that would be your number one because I'm. And then I'm curious about what your number one is going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah oh, oh, it's, oh. Just, it's a solid, solid movie. So, uh, 
the the fact that it did so well and Nintendo's probably going to put out something else, which I think they're in talks for a Zelda, which I don't know if I'm excited for how they do Zelda because I don't think Zelda would match the way they did Mario. Um, but if they do it correctly, it'll be another quarter to billion, billion I think, dollar film. I think his number one is going to be uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Is it, is it your number one? No. no. My my number one through this six months. Guys, can you believe we're six? We're halfway done. We're seven months in. Seven months in, over halfway done. I knew this was this top five was coming. I just didn't know when, but I was like, what better way to do it with John Wick number four? Um, and this was my first time watching John Wick. I missed it in theaters, so that's my number one, and we'll get into it later. Is a, My number one is John Wick chapter four. So, Zach, what's number one for you? I'm going to follow that up. That's my number one as well. John Wick Chapter 4. We'll get into it. I'm shocked that we're already more than halfway through the seat through this year. We still got Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Equalizer 3. I think there's a new Ninja Turtles movie coming out. Yep. Um, so yeah, we, we still got a lot, we still got a lot on the docket. I knew I saw the new trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon. I think that's gonna be pretty epic. So we got a Dude, lot part two. Hell yeah. When you're ready, Craig. So my number one. Oh, he's got a physical media copy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Across Spider Verse is fantastic. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. The music, the people, the actors, the voice actors, the direction. Um, like when it ended with the to be continued. I was so mad because I was expecting everything to pay off in this film, and I didn't know it was a two-parter. Yeah. Um, so, like, yes, it kind of sucks that it was a two-parter, but at the same time, like, it's like, okay, I it, when it's all said and done, this is going to be one giant six-hour story. Story, yeah. and so it, it makes it all the all the better. Um, I think Sony hit a home run in their. I mean, we even said it back in the in the first one. They hit a home run with the art direction of this, making it comic book related, adding all of the cameos in this one. Um, it's just, I, I truly think it is one of, if not the best, Spider-Man movies. Mm. So yeah, I would agree, and I remember. When it came out, it was just like people were comparing it to like The Dark Knight and Empire Strikes Back of like sequels, like the second film in a franchise. Yeah. I was like, all right, stop. But yeah, it it really is like I it's, and I think it pissed people off that it is a cliffhanger. But I think the way they set the puzzle pieces up of how it's going to be resolved, it yeah. really makes people excited. So yeah, oh, like because it's like it ends with him being in a different universe, seeing another Miles whose dad had already died, so he's... And I was just like, okay, we about to get into the real stuff here, and then it's like, no. No, you're going to wait. I don't know about <laughs> that. So, I honestly, I was super, super upset leaving the theater, but the more I thought about it, I'm, I'm like, I get a whole nother chance to go experience this again. You so, get a whole nother chapter in the Miles Morales story. Yeah. Yep. So, so. I, I, that's that's kind of... It sucked at the time, but being able to go and experience the whole kind of story again—that I mean, that's something you you 
you search for when you go to the movies. You you want that experience yeah. where you're excited, you're you're you experience all the range of emotions in a film, and then to be able to go and do it again, that's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So speaking of range of emotion, guys, the next few weeks, uh next week we are gonna be talking about our top five movies that we are most looking forward to for the rest of the year. Um and then the week after that, we will be talking about our worst movies of 2023 so far um so get those ready for the next coming weeks but now let's dig into john wick chapter four um imdb has it at 7.9 rotten tomatoes at 94 percent the meta score is at 78 percent while the google users are at 90 percent the budget was only a hundred million dollars. It grossed a little over four hundred and thirty-two million dollars. The box office. It came out this year, March twenty-fourth, twenty twenty-three. John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table, but before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliance alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Lance Reddick, Clancy Brown, Ian McShane, Bill Skarsgård, Donnie Yen, Amy Kwan, and directed by Chad Stahelski. Stahelski. Stahelski, yep. Uh, <clears throat> I did not check this in theaters. Um, Craig, I don't know if you did or not. Uh, Zach, you did. Let me know what was it like when you exited the movie theater. And then what was it on the three watch? What was it like? Yeah. Yeah. You know, going, I'll just say going into <laughs> a fourth film into a franchise, it it, 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 it takes a lot to really impress people, especially four movies in. I walked out of this. I was like, that was, that was probably one of the best action movies I've seen in a long time. I mean, like, I think I said on the, on the show right after I saw it was like, this rivals mission impossible fallout as one of you the did. best action movies. And I, that's a bold statement because I love Fallout, and we're going to see about Dead Reckoning Part 1 here in a couple weeks. But this one, it, I think in comparing it to the Mission Impossible films, each film has been able to take a step forward and do something that no, no one has done. It's a different type of action, and the action is much more better than the previous films. For this one, I mean, that last... 45 minutes to an hour is pure pure straight adrenaline action and i loved it i thought we'll get into more uh, more uh, details but to me i thought yeah if I, we're three months in and i think i just saw the best movie of the year so far so yeah see when you when you compared it to fallout i was like this this guy you know i, know. I think so, so i didn't go see it in theaters um personal things popped up but you know today was the first time that i watched it and i was I, and I was going to watch all three and then watch this one. I think that would have been a mistake. I just watched yeah. part chapter four on, with an open mind. And the two hours and 49 minutes that I was dreading the entire time just flew by. And yeah. uh, from from beginning to end, I thought it was a complete joy. So those are my uh, my few short words on it. Craig, what about you? Yeah, uh, kind of like I said, the top five um... – for better or for worse, depending on how you view it, it's uh, it's more of just what you get in one through three. Um, it's nonstop action. It's Keanu Reeves doing what he does. It's him 
not only trying to escape the table this time, but it's him trying to um, kind of take out the hand that reached out to 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 want to take out John Wick. So mm -hmm. since nobody else could, obviously. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I watching it. It was like you said, Johnny. The two and a half to three hours was you were like, man, this is going to be a long movie because you're like, it's just going to be probably the same stuff as everything else. But the way that they kind of break it up and <laughs> um, layer the film, even yeah. though it's the same stuff, it's layered in different ways. And so you, you get all of what you paid for, but it's also different at the same time. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the fact that, you know, this movie opens up, um, I'll just say when <clears throat> the Bowery King is the Bowery King for Lawrence Fisherman's characters, like doing his speech and it cut, keeps cutting back to John hitting that board. You could in the theater, you could actually feel the theater vibrate. It was like the sound mix was so high on that. It was just like, damn, OK, so we're in for something, something different. And what do you guys think? I guess starting off with. Um, what do you think about the villain, Mar the Marquis Vincent, played by Bill Skarsgård, obviously, best known for Pennywise? Um, I want, let me get your guys' thoughts first, first, and I'll chime in. I personally was hoping for more screen time. You, yeah. so you, you like him as the villain? I did. He was, uh, but he was one of those, like, like the screen time wasn't really needed, but whenever the screen was on him, you know, it was important. Yeah. So... I just wish I got to see a little bit more of him. Uh, seeing him, I I envision him as a Bond villain yeah. in the future. Yeah. Um, I think that he is able to be one of those proper attired, um, very evil, very able to control things behind the scenes without needing to, to be done. And I think... I would assume being a Bond villain, he would have to have some combat hand-to-hand -hand or whatever, but I think he's one of those actors that really would take it seriously and be able to fulfill that. Um, like I said, I just think he, he could be a Bond villain in the future, so that's that's good. Yeah, I agree. And he, <clears throat> I feel like he was very, very strong two, 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 two out of the three, three quarters of the movie way in. Um, I thought he was very threatening. I thought he could just obviously... He takes. He could take anyone out left and right. Um, I just, in my personal opinion, we can get into it when we get to that. I just felt he turned into like a bitch of a character, hiring all these goons to try to take out John Wick, getting close yeah. to the the duel time. But overall, I thought his performance was really good, and I agree with you, Craig. I could totally see him playing a Bond villain in the future. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like they they made it to be that way because he's in a position of power. Yeah. Um, which how we got there, nobody. It's not really told. I don't think. But he, he's he's the person playing chess. He's not the chess piece. He doesn't have to yeah. get his hands dirty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good a good way of saying it. Speaking of getting your hands dirty, I have to say, you know, almost every movie Keanu Reeves is like the main guy. You keep your eyes on. You can't wait to, for him to get on screen. <laughs> I was like that with Donnie Yen this time oh around. Oh, my God. Yeah. Donnie Yen was absolutely amazing. I was, yeah. when I first saw him casted in this movie, I was like, you know, geez, I, I can't wait to see it. 
Yeah. Um, and then he just he steals the show. And I want to bring up the the scene, uh, forty five minutes into the movie, John versus Kane. Um, yeah. And I want to bring up Fallout. That reminded me of the Tom Cruise Henry Cavill bathroom fight, yeah. where it was hard hitting, fast paced, and you felt every punch. To me, this is this fight scene rivaled, if not was just as good as that Fallout bathroom scene. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, as a character with Donnie Yen being blind, all he really had to do was go back to his roots of Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was a blind Jedi, was able to just kind of, I mean, even in Rogue One, you could tell that he he portrayed being blind very well. Um, yeah. With his movements, the way he was able to just kind of, like, he would look straight, but you were over here and he would still, like, mess with it. Um I think Johnny Yen was a perfect fit for that character if he was yeah. already written to be blind. And I think it was a perfect. It was. I, I contribute contribute this to the writing of the film. I thought it was an excellent way to have a rival that John couldn't just take out automatically. Like he's taking out that Osaka Kononil scene. I think it's like 25, 30 minutes long. And I mean. Yeah, I mean, he has taken out people left and right. He uses the nunchucks, which got, a, which got a huge response in the theater. And when he gets to Kane, he realizes, you know, he's got to be stealthy. He's got to use, like, tactics that, you know, obviously his weakness is he can't see. But I love the – when he's thing. in the kitchen, when he's using – he uses, like, the doorbell, like, uh, Sensor. motion sensors. Yeah. I thought was really <laughs> – well, I, I th I, it's, and it's funny too because you know there's there's shooting going on, there's fighting going on, and he's just sitting there eating pho in the yeah. restaurant or yeah. ramen, and he's like, "Are you going to do what you're what you've been brought here to do?" And he just sets it down. He's like, "All right, let's let's get down to business." And yeah, um, like you said, it, it it was nice to be able to present the ultimate obstacle outside of the marquee, but have contingencies with it. They're yeah. friends, they're allies. Yeah. He has a daughter. They they know each other very well. Same thing with Kane and Koji. Like, I'm only here to do it because I have to look out for my family the same way you would be doing it if you were having to look out for your family. And yeah. it, just the contingencies behind the characters and their roles within the relationship with John Wick are, are were very well done. I felt like there was more stakes in this one than the last three. I, I feel like three... It was just more of a don't die type situation, which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But this one just felt like everyone had a stake to play in this. All the characters had a stake to play, whether yeah. it be John Wick, Kane, even Nobody. Um, it felt like Winston, it was a final Winston. chapter. Yeah, well, well, we'll get into that. But, yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> um, what did you guys think? This one kind of bothered me. I did, It didn't really... Uh, if I had one small nitpick, and I know times are changing, it's probably cheaper. Who knows? Did you guys have issues with any of the CGI blood in this movie? I do. No. It, it no. just to me, it just kind of really splatted out and caught my eye. I don't know if it's just because I paid more attention this time around, but I don't know. I, I had an issue with the CGI blood, you know. And I'm like, I'm I'm used to just like the first one. The first one felt like a real indie film. I don't know if yeah. you guys, you know. But it seems like they just get bigger and bigger. The budget gets bigger. But 
I don't know. I, that's if I only if I really only had one small nitpick on this movie, it was the CGI bloodshots. But that's it. Uh, one of my nitpicks was, I mean, it's not something that you can really deal with. Keanu Reeves looked kind of stiff in this one. There were times where he <laughs> yeah. was doing something, and you were like, "That move probably took about two seconds longer than it should have." When he's like trying to wrap him up, do all the wrestling, grappling stuff. I know, I know, and it's something that you can't really help since they're trying to do the same character, but it's it's what ten years later from the first one. Um, I mean, but I he still a, went out there and did it. I think it's only actually a couple of weeks from the last one, like time wise, timeline yeah, time, wise, but like uh, release wise. Oh, release wise. I think the first one was uh, 2013? 2014. So yeah, it's almost Jeez. been 20, yeah, it's almost been 20, oh 10 years. My yeah, God, almost yeah. ten yeah. years. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Let's, let's talk about John Wick. You know, number one, to, and this is to, if I had to rank them, number one was phenomenal. Number four would be right behind it. Number two, then number three. I agree. But, but do you guys feel like you know, is enough enough? Is John Wick starting to lose his the aura about him, or could you do you feel like you could go see <clears throat> another one here in a few years? The way this movie is set up. And the way this movie ends, I thought was a perfect way to wrap up the whole story. I don't, I don't think you needed a fifth one. If you want to do spinoffs, like I know, next year we're getting Ballerina with Ana de Armas. It is set between Chapter Three and Four. That's fine. The Continental, which is going to be a Peacock show later this year, that's fine. I don't, I just don't think you need to do Keanu Reeves John Wick because I think that story is done. If you want to do spinoffs, explore more of the mythology of the universe, that's fine with me. Yeah, but that's just my two cents about it. I think even maybe following Nobody and Donnie Yen, yeah, in their roles of maybe <clears throat> even trying to further the takedown of the table, yeah, or other marquees to completely undermine the table because they feel like. Maybe the tables, they've 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 stretched out their reach too far, and like what was a perfect ecosystem has now become more of a hierarchy. Yeah. So I mean that that could be something you could do, but like you said, I I think leaving it the way it is would be fine. This movie really did feel like a Fallout chapter, like to me, without with it being like two fifty. Um, there was no time to breathe, but it was a good no time to breathe. There was not a time where I was looking at my phone wanting it to end. I don't know. It seems like the more things happen like this, it kind of just reimburses us. Hey, these action movies, even though they get some flack sometimes, like action movies nowadays... That's what's can, keeping you, the movie business alive. Yeah, I was going to say, you can thank Tom Cruise for this, I think. But movies like John Wick Chapter 4, you know, they're breathing because of the groundwork I think Mission Impossible laid down. And I know it sounds like we're, you know, we're on the, the Tom Cruise bandwagon, but, uh, like, I don't think a, a franchise like this exists, you know, without maybe some of the stuff he did back in the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> um and it's my just, only it's, worry. It's, it's fun to see action movies without Captain America in it getting four hundred million dollars at the box office. Well, I mean, this movie did get four hundred million dollars at the box office, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It, you know, 
and the fact that this really turned out this the, the way to started was just a little independent film that i think you know it i think people thought it would do good it was kind of a career res resurgence for keanu, keanu reeves but i mean the fact that this we're four films in and each film gets more money at the box office i think just establishes that if you can just create a good character and a great world around him people will go see it regardless of what it is you know yeah i think my uh, only oh go ahead no I, I was just gonna get back to the movie what, what, what were you gonna say no no that's what i was about to lead into uh, my only fear watching it was after we get to well well first off uh, before i get into that this movie came out i think a week after or a couple days after um lance reddick's death and when they killed sharon i was like oh why <laughs> like i don't know if that was too soon or what obviously they didn't know what was going to happen but it i felt like if this is the time to kill off that character obviously it was the right time but i know he shows up obviously he filmed i think he's gonna be in ballerina and i think i think he's gonna be in the continental i think but um it, i just felt like the timing of it didn't wasn't didn't help it but i i you know it was a sad situation what happened so what i was going to get into was my worry was after he talks to winston about you know if you can get them to do a duel you could be free from all this and like how would you do that when he goes to the the uh, rest of roma and he talks to katia about hey you killed if you kill the man who killed my father um then we'll be behind you that worried me because i was just like we're kind of like we're kind of going to this uh b plot thing where i'm just like i don't know i just what is it? guys that poker scene I, that might be the best shot that might be the best part of the movie honestly i mean it was so intense you get kane wick and nobody this big yeah. fat bastard <laughs> that uh you know they're just playing cards and it's just like it's a giant conundrum of like everyone wants to kill everyone wick what do you want i'm gonna kill you and that's what he sets his eyes on and I think I think it's in the contract of John Wick movies. We got to have a club fight sequence in every movie. I think so. Well, the and the way that the um, the, the the Russian mafia dude, the way that he, you know, dealt the cards and everybody was like, "Okay, it's a good hand." It's like, "Oh, royal flush! Oh, four of a kind!" And yeah. then he starts laying down the twos. And he's like, "Everybody thinks they have the winning hand." But it's always, you know, just it's, it's always me. I, I set it up to be this way. So, um, and then he, I, and then he slices the guy's neck with the with the card. The card, yeah. yeah. Um, no, like you said, that that scene was uh, it was as powerful as captivating. Um, even though it was just kind of dialogue, like it was, it was important and it was it, it pulled you in. Yeah. And I mean, and then really from that point forward, it's just, you know, the, um, I, I really like, I really like how one of the best things that this, the mythology is built on is like this, like this organization that kind of, it works on these old timey, like eighties computers to put in all the data and everything. And the radio stations on top of the Eiffel tower, which I thought was a really cool kind of a characterization of the world, I guess. And then from that point forward, it's just, them trying to kill John Wick and him trying to get to the the duel sequence, get to the duel time, get to the duel location on time. What'd you guys think of the shootout in the in the middle of traffic? Oh, I loved it. I think I, I can't tell if that. I don't know if that's the best action sequence or the 
the the building sequence where it's shot from top to bottom and he's just like moving from room to room taking guys out yeah um when i was watching the street sequence i was like this this is going to be my favorite scene yeah. and then i got to the building and i was like uh well i don't know <laughs> because how, you don't ever really see scenes shot like that um yeah. the one that it's you know he's moving through like a maze he's got the dragon breath shotgun yeah. and obviously i don't think you could have made the dragon breath shotgun seem as lethal in a behind the back shot but from up top the way that it was shot it made it seem like mm -hmm. it was more lethal than it was or or yeah. it's, it made it seem the most lethal that it could have been um and yeah. so i think that variation of shot was was very genius and i liked how um i like how nobody like i think that character is interesting and the fact that i think he is like obsessed with john wick he has like his little notebook and he's like keeping tabs of how much the the uh the ransom not the ransom but the the total is going up for his his killing and it gets to the point where you know he could have killed Wick right then and there, but you know goes back goes back to a dog, and uh, he I think he I think if he had let the the main the the main marquee guy kill the the, the dog, I think he would have taken him out right there. But I yeah. think I, he he earned the respect of uh, nobody yeah. when he saved the dog. Yeah, it's like you take the gun off of me to save my um, I don't want to say ally, but partner. Yeah. In, in saving the dog. So I think at that point yeah. it became, okay, an eye for an eye, essentially. Yeah. Something else was cool, even before all the action, was the uh, the meeting of, like, I call I just call it the, the building of the duel, where they're using, like, the metal cards, where whoever had the highest card got to pick guns, pistols, location. I thought that was... <laughs> That's like one of the, the the one of the coolest things about this this film series is that they are able to use really cool slick tech type of savvy things to talk about like mundane we've seen that a billion times type stuff. Yeah, you know? it's like it's so simple, but the way that it's done is ingenious. Yeah, and you get and then you got some new uh, some new tech by with John Wick. I think at one point he has like a flame gun. That's yeah. the dragon's breath shot. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, but it, you would think that it is like maybe out of whack or maybe a little too cartoonish, but the way he just does it and he, the way he has his, you know, his, his, his face about him, it's just, he's like, who would you compare John Wick as a character wise to maybe, maybe like a 90s action hero? Like, you know, I may, I may be thinking maybe. You can't even compare him to Rambo because they're just yeah. two different kind of. The only characters. thing I can think of is Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, just that's, that's, he's, he's yeah. cool as the other side of the pillow, but he's deadly as can be. Okay, that's a good comparison. Yeah, that is a good comparison. I was gonna say Rambo, but you're right, Johnny. Those are just two completely different characters. I think their their methods of how to like solve a problem are kind of similar, but they're they come from two different backgrounds, I guess you would say. Yeah. You could, you, now this is different and unique. You could compare John Wick to maybe a, uh, a Tom Clancy movie 
what, what, yeah. what, what was one of those movies back in the nineties, like uh, with with Harrison Ford, you know, um, like like Patriot uh, Games, you know, Patriot's Game, yeah, some of the maybe a character like that, um, to where he is an assassin, but it's kind, you know, I don't know, or maybe even the Bourne movies with Matt Damon, that kind of, oh, I think yeah. that's as similar as you can get to that type of situation. Yeah. Um, and then probably. The, the the one scene that I think really cracked people up was the the stairs when he got to the top, and then the guy just pushes him down all, and he literally he can stop at any moment, but he just keeps going and going and going until he gets to the bottom. <laughs> thought that was just thought that was just a great scene. And then, I mean, and then from then on, you get Kane as an ally until you get to the actual duel. The duel sequence was actually. Like you said, Craig, really old school, but done in a really cool, sophisticated way that we hadn't seen before. The sunrise duels, what I have in my notes. Yeah, I hope all that sunrise too is like actual, like real, not CGI. Yeah, because some yeah. of the, some of these shots were like the cinematography was really good, and I'm just I was hoping I didn't do any digging on it, but I was like hoping that it was like shot on location outside, real sunsets, not just in a you know in a green screen. Yeah, <clears throat> I didn't know and, if it was shot on location or not. Yeah, I, I yeah, feel I, like the sorry. Um, no, just a lot of it was shot on location, so that that helps these films the, that they're done that way. The whole backdrop of the traffic felt CGI-ish. Yeah, was it CGI? Do you do you know if it was or? I, I mean, don't know. I think my hand. I mean, they could they tried to do as much practical stuff as they could. I mean, obviously, people get hit by cars. <laughs> You know, you got to do some CGI. Um, obviously, when the dog gets flung into the windshield of a car, yeah, that was CGI. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think, I think they had kind of had the same mindset as what Tom Cruise does. Let's just try to make this as real as we can possibly do. Yeah, um, and just sprinkle some CGI to make hey, it it's, look. You know. It's almost like that's the recipe for success. Mm-hmm. You would think, yeah. It's we'll funny see. how and, these two movies, these franchises are able to capitalize on that. And we can guesstimate numbers right now, but guys, do you think in here in a few weeks, back-to-back Julys, do you think Tom Cruise is going to do it again with Mission Impossible? I think so, yeah. The, the way Gun. this one has been built up, the the promo trailers that are put out with it, where it has that eerie score in the background with the guy kind of doing the voiceover, where he's like, you have to pick a side, and you, you know it's just the buildup for these movies is better than some of the movies that have come out this year. Yeah, you, you said. I was just gonna say, I'm sad to say that these these Mission Impossible movies have done a better job of promotion and actual um, execution of their product than the Marvel movies have in the last five years. You know, we're done with Marvel. We're done with Marvel. Yeah. Um, um, but what do you? I mean, yeah. Guys, the, the, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the fact that we had Top Gun Maverick last year. Now he has Dead Reckoning Part One and Dead Reckoning Part Two next year. I mean, the fact that Fallout. I think Fallout is the best of the Mission Impossible movies, in my, in my opinion, and a lot of people agree with that. I think they're very excited, like you said, Craig, of how how is this franchise going to wrap up? How in you know, like you said. At, at this point, I think they say in the trailer or the promo is like, it's time to pick, you know, are you going to pick the mission or are you going to pick your crew? And that, that that's very interesting, especially for that type of character. Dun, 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 yeah. 
Um, but back to John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, Zach, do you want to name off any favorite scene or two that you had? Um, the poker scene. Um, really the whole final hour from the street, the building, and then the stairs. The duel was awesome. Probably my favorite just character moment was just them building the the duel and using like the metal like antique looking cards and that's how they picked and everything. And I like how again it goes back to the marquee kind of being a little bitch and saying like, Kane, you're gonna step in for me. He's just like, It's not my fight, dude. But you know, it's just, but he says, you know, do you want to protect your daughter? And he's just like, he has no choice. That's what he's gotta do. So yeah. I, I was gonna say that final hour might be in the top three of just our sequences in cinema history. Oh, yeah. wow. Because, I mean, how, how many other movies have just a an hour-long thing where it's like, it's, it's a sequence where you're like, man, I need to go back and watch that sequence. And you're thinking in your head 15 minutes. And it's like, no, that, that's an hour-long sequence. And it goes yeah. so fast. That's 45 minutes. You're, you know, what comes to mind is maybe Endgame, mm-hmm. um, where you know they get to the thing, and as soon as uh, Thanos starts raining down on them, and that's John Wick, an hour long. John Wick Chapter Four could almost be put up on that pedestal, pe- pedestal, and compared to maybe like Saving Private Ryan. Almost. Well, like that's a, what I was gonna say. The Omaha like Beach war sequence. Movie. Yeah, the Omaha Beach sequence in like the last hour of this is pretty. It's neck to neck, just of like. And the best thing about it is you don't get tired of it. You really want more. And it's just like, oh, damn, well, the movie's already over. I thought we, we just got yeah. done with it. We just started this like five minutes ago. So yeah. what about you, Johnny? Uh, but did you have any more, Craig? Or uh, No, I, was, I, I agree with you. I think that final hour, we're going to call it a scene because it never it feels like it never ends. So yeah. the hour scene and um, – probably just the poker the poker scene like you said it's i mean those are the two most memorable for me and something um, else about that last hour i'm sorry johnny something something hour something about that last hour is i like the radio host kind of taunting like the goon saying okay wick's gotten away again i mean is anyone going to really do this or are we just going to keep going all night at, yeah. all night <laughs> at this uh if, if i had to pick a few i would probably pick the intro of donnie yen going into that 45-minute mark of the, the battle with John Wick. Um, I thought that was a really good scene. And then uh, the, the the shootout in the traffic, to me, was, was one of my favorites. And then the church scene, uh, we didn't really talk about this, but going into that church scene where he kind of looks like he's getting put on a noose, um, that dialogue exchange in there was really good. So yeah. um, I, would, I would have to say those are some of my favorite scenes. Um, but... Let's get it over. Let's 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 talk star rating for John Wick Chapter Three. Before we do uh, that, do you think he's dead? I know what I know. The director came out and said today, but I mean, do you think he's personally dead? No. I googled it after I finished it today. Um, you don't see the body. Yeah, that's true. And I think if you never see the body, that is like rule number one in cinema. He's never really, you're never really dead until you see the body. Oh, and I, I like think, what Winston I, says. I think Friday the 13th ending. 
And I like how what Winston, oh, the Bower King says, do you think he's hell or do you think he's in hell or heaven? Winston says, who knows? I think that's like perfect, like symbolism and like he comes like back saying it without Const- saying it. He comes back Constantine. I think this scene allows them to put a stamp on it to where if they feel like they're done later on, they're done. But it also yeah. leaves it to be like he pretty much went. Uh, we'll use the the gray man as an example. You're not you're not really alive. You're not really dead. You're, you're just you're there. People think you're dead, yeah. but you're still in the shadows. Um, yeah. So the original ending, the alternate ending that they had was he. They showed him as they walk away. He's like standing like against a tree or something. But audience test score said they liked the ambiguous ending. Like what we got is a lot better, and I, I agree with that. <laughs> what's that what's that meme where the dude's the the Anthony Anderson where he's like cleaning the side of the wall and he's looking the gif yeah uh, yeah uh star rating time Zach this was my number one and your number one uh Craig so go ahead and kick us off what's your star rating for John Wick chapter four um like I said movies have to really blow me away to get a 10 now the rules are rules 2023 we're coming different so I'm gonna give it a nine it was good. But um, as much as I enjoy the fact that John Wick gives you the same thing film after film with a kind of different plot, it also kind of hinders it a little bit. So, Yep. Uh, I'm right there with you. This, to me, was I gave number one a nine. Uh, to me, this is just as good, if not a little bit better, but it still gets a nine for me. Um, so John Wick Chapter 4, nine, almost a near-perfect perfect action film um but there's just some small things you know does the girth scare me from wanting to rewatch it back to back so um you know just just the just the runtime maybe is, is maybe why it doesn't get a perfect 10 for me <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. Sit behind the tree just <laughs> yeah <laughs> zach what about you um you know what i i'm gonna give it a 10 I, I think this is I think it is the best movie of the year so far. I think it's the best of the John Wick movies. I'd rank them four, one, two, and three. Um, I re- I don't really want them to do another one. I think this wraps it up perfectly in a nice little bow. Like I said, if you want to do the spinoffs, the Ana de Armas character, I, I'm all cool with that. But just let let John Wick uh, rest, rest in peace. That's that's all I ask. So. Loving father, husband. Yeah. Uh, dog owner. <laughs> now let's dog dig, let's dig into some emails again. If you guys want to email us at the show c i n e m e n nine two one at gmail dot com. Uh, Henry says John Wick is a franchise is overrated. This was the best film in the franchise, and it took three hours. I'll still pass. John Wick just gets a six for me. Uh, uh, we'll read this one from uh, Jesse Pink Forever. Top five movies of 2023 so far. Number five, Evil Dead Rise. Number four, John Wick Chapter 4. Number three, The Flash. Number two, Super Mario Brothers. Number one, Air. Oh, yeah, I forgot that came out, yeah. Um, Omar says, I love your Sicario episode. Such a fun rewatch. It's always a 10 for me. And a film that I can't believe you guys have never reviewed yet. Perhaps the greatest of all time. Citizen Kane. 
that was, that, was the <laughs> that was the episode where we did our top five movies we can't believe we haven't done yet. Um, James says, John Wick Chapter 4 was good, but some characters didn't make sense to me, and it was a little too long. Seven stars. Um, Sam G69 says, I think The Flash is super underrated. I've definitely seen worse, but I cannot believe it's getting all this neg negative attention. It's a seven for me, and I enjoyed you guys' review. Keep it up. Listen, I listen every week. Flash what, got a seven. Uh, what was your rating on it, Zach? I gave it a seven as well. What I did think he give it? He gave it a nine. So, I you know, I didn't, the I, didn't, users. I didn't see it yet. I so I think I'm just gonna have to wait for the Blu-ray. I I had I had a ticket to go see it at like three o'clock. Work got busy, so I couldn't leave. So I pushed the ticket to five o'clock. Work ended. Something came up. I had to cancel the five o'clock ticket, so I got a nine o'clock ticket. Couldn't make it out there at nine o'clock, so I got the next. I got that Friday. It was like a. I had a Thursday. Then yeah, Friday. I was like, all right, I'm going after work. Couldn't go after work, so I was like, "Dude, it's just not meant to be." We're gonna just same. I had to, I had to cancel my viewing three times that opening weekend. Yeah, I, I I had probably four or five tickets and show times ready to go to, and I just couldn't make any any one of them. Uh, it hits digital next week, and I'm sure the Blu-ray follows the first week of August. So, uh, Lawrence says my top five movies of 2023 so far. Number five is Air. Number four, Dungeons and Dragons. Number three, Super Mario Brothers. Number two, Ant Man. And number one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, Kendall says, Me and the girlfriend went to go see Indy, and we loved it. Uh, the Dial of Destiny is my second favorite indie film now. Love to hear y'all's thoughts on it. It gets an eight from us. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think I'd give it a seven. I. If I had to rank them, I'd probably put Raiders, Temple, not Temple, Raiders, Last Crusade, Temple. I'm going to get some flack. Uh, Crystal Skull and then Dial of Destiny. So you think Dial of Destiny is the worst one? Yeah. And it, I've only seen it once, but, you know, it could change. Uh, Coco Chris says, The Flash was decent. I wish we got more than we did, but overall, not terrible. Way better than Ant-Man, Black Panther. The Flash will get an eight for me. A lot of love for the Flash. It makes now it really makes me want to see it. I've, I, I, I've read nothing but negative on, on online, but all the emails I, so far are coming in positive. I saw a little scene and the CGI looked bad. Was the CGI that bad? It, there's. I'll just say there's a whole opening sequence with babies, and it. it you could tell. I mean, it, they didn't put a lot of money into this, to be honest. So well, and um, they probably had it already, and in, in post production, they were like. Make it, but don't spend a lot of time on it because we're not sure what's going to happen. This is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Yuri says, uh, Yuri says, I felt like there was a lot of hate in Wally -E last week. To me, it's an instant classic, an instant 10. Uh, Craig, like Craig, I, on, like... Craig, Craig wasn't on the episode last week, but honestly, he, he opened it up really good on at the beginning of this episode. That's, that's kind of how I felt. I think Zach, that's kind of how you felt too. And to me, there's just no memorable scenes in Wally -E that makes me want to go 
watch it above any of the other Pixar films. Yeah, so, I mean, so. you feel good when you watch it, but at the same time, as an adult, you're like, man, there's really just a giant political message behind it. Yeah. Um, I'll finish up with this last email. Quentin says, I feel as the more they make John Wick films, they get more meaningless. Do you guys agree? Can't wait to hear your episode. John Wick Chapter 4 gets a 6. Man, we got a lot of mixed reviews for John Wick today. Uh, so, I mean, you, I mean, obviously the, that email came in before a review, so you heard the review. Um, we all really liked it a lot, but the, yeah, like Zach said, a lot of mixed reviews about John Wick Chapter 4. Um, I'll definitely dig into some more emails next week, and uh, there is a lot more John Wick emails, so we'll we'll check those out. But, but yeah, a lot of mixed reviews for John Wick. Like I said, you know, this is the fourth film in a franchise, and it's hard to make like nine, eight films for movie for four movies. And like I said, I gave this a ten, and Johnny and Craig, you gave it a nine. So I mean, they're clearly doing something right. So. Um, but speaking of franchises, next week, Zach, did I read this right? It's 20 years almost to the date. It's 20 years next week. We're talking Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. It's the first film in the franchise, um, and it even got an Oscar nomination for Best Picture. So we're taking it, and we're taking it ashore we're going to talk yeah. Johnny Depp. We're going to talk Pirates of the Caribbean, the 20th anniversary next week. We're also talking our top five movies that we're most looking forward to for the rest of the year uh, next week. Zach, is there anything else that you want to add to uh, Pirates before we get out of here? Or to John Wick? Or Are, are well, you excited for Pirates next week? It was your idea. Yeah, um, for John Wick, definitely go see it if you like the other films, I think. Obviously, I think we're kind of in the minority about what we are being high on this film. But just go check it out if you like it. Um, just kind of make your own opinion. That's what I would say. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, I rewatched it. And it's going to be a fun conversation. You know, this movie's 20 years old, and I'm interested. We'll talk about the sequels, where they went and all that. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be a fun conversation next week. Uh, I think Craig is a little busy. We'll, we'll touch up with Craig next week. When we talk Pirates of the Caribbean next week uh, here on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean, 20th anniversary next week on another new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Have a good week, guys. Thank you. Bye.